Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Carolina and Sylvia from Melt out of Brownsville, Texas. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Hi. <laughs> We're excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited for the opportunity to have you guys here and to really learn more about what you have going on at Melt. Before we really dive into the nitty gritty of the business stuff, which is what we're here really to talk about, I do want to hear a little bit of a backstory. You know, what was it that ultimately led to you ladies opening up this fitness business? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I moved to Brownsville eight years ago, and basically, Brownsville is a super small town in the tip of Texas. There wasn't anything going on then. I mean, we just had like those big gyms. And I love to work out. I mean, I lived in Austin. I lived in different places and I love Pilates. So I eventually certified Pilates and Sylvia was actually my first client. Um, and that's how we met. And we really connected. We love to work out. Um, we, we really like connected with like the workout setting. So eventually Sylvia started to help me teach at my house. It was at my house eight years ago. <laughs> And we had a couple of clients there and we just moved around, but we were both moms of young kids. I mean, we, I had like a one year old and a three year old and we wanted to have a full workout experience. Like we want to have our cardio, our strength training, Pilates, like we had, we wanted to have it all. We just didn't have time to like have like two, three hours of working out. And that's when we started to research about what was the most like effective uh, workout in the least amount of time. Um, like being moms and like we wanted to work and having all of that and then also we wanted to have like our me time like we wanted to go to a place where we can be with friends just disconnect from like our mom world and all of that and have that full experience and effective workout and we started to research and we came upon with uh, the Bursa Climber and the Megaformer and that's when we did the Melt which is like a fusion of both uh, machines but we also wanted to build like a full community experience where people would go there and have their me time. Like we call it, like people call it our, their happy place <laughs> and just like have an effective workout, have the resistance training, have cardio. And then um, also like some of the Pilates base, Pilates base at the workout. Well, it sounds really fun. And um, is this kind of in a small group setting? Is it a large group setting? Kind of help us understand the model of the, the so, classes itself. So yes, it's six people per class. We wanted to keep it that way because I'm really big on corrections. Um, and it's 45 minutes. And so all the classes are different. Sometimes you'll use both machines. Sometimes you'll just use uh, the resistance machines, which is the megaformer. Um, uh, but you'll always get a full body workout in those four five minutes. It's also, um, I have an injury. Um, and so we wanted to do something that was low impact and, but still high intensity. So that you also get. Okay. So being that you do, you know, only groups of six and the classes are 45 minutes long, how many, um, sessions do you offer a day? We have around 10 to 12 classes um, because we are, we have been um, become bigger. We did add bar to the, 
classes just to give them a little break because they needed something else. So we did add that to the curriculum. Okay, okay great. Um, so as things currently stand right now, you know, in your facility, do you guys offer personal training at all or is it only the small group training? So we started to offer uh, after the pandemic, people, some people, some clients wanted some uh, personal training time, like they didn't want to be in a group setting because of COVID. So we restarted with the personal training. Um, but we like our big is the group setting it's six people there's space out so that it's still safe because we still have some clients that are worried about covid um right. and so it's safe and there's space between each person okay okay yeah i definitely understand that i always like to ask i think personal training is like if we it doesn't have to be a big part of our business but it's always good to offer because yeah, we're, ge we're generally going to get a little bit more revenue coming from that. We can charge a higher price point. And for some of our clients, they might have a specific injury that they're lo looking to rehab. They might have a specific goal or whatnot. And so with personal training, we can create a plan to help them achieve that a little bit more than we can in a group setting. Um, so I always like to kind of make sure I ask that question there. Um, so as you know, within the facility now, how many members do you have? Right now, uh, we have 76 members. Um, be yeah, before COVID, we had like 150. And it was, um, it, the classes were always full. I mean, our clients were not satisfied because they couldn't get the hours they wanted. So after COVID, we started to move around to see how like the pricing could change to be more profitable, but and still have the bright exact clients to be uh, profitable, but yet still be, have them satisfied with like where they're go we're going. Okay, so right, so what you're saying is like with 75, 76 clients that you have right now, like that's a good spot for you guys. You feel pretty yeah. comfortable there. Okay, so what was the shift? Like what did you guys do to, you know, cut back in terms of members, but still be profitable? We had, we like during COVID, we did a lot of, um, we did a lot of advisory until we came up with the right number. So we have memberships. Um, and so we find up with the right number so that maybe we lost some clients, but we had enough clients with that pricing so that we were profitable. So mainly the pricing changed. Um, then that just kind of went super smoothly. Like we just have the right amount of clients. Everybody's super satisfied. Um, we, just, we just got it right. Okay. And we, so. we also started to offer, um, instead of people wanted to come every day and it's a good workout where you can only come three times a week and that's a good amount of days. So that would also give us more space for clients to come in and have their time at the machines. Okay. Okay. So since you're kind of in a position now where you have the amount of members that you like, you kind of have found price points for those members that make sense to help the business be profitable. Is there opportunity within the business now to grow and scale in any other way? Yeah, sure. We have clothing. We have like other things besides. Okay. So a very big part of our revenue would be the clothing. We have like nutritional food like that. You could sell. There's like really no limit there, right? I mean, there is... Mm -hmm live literally in the tip of Texas. And I think like the nearest um, 
athletic clothing store would be like a good five, six hours away from us. So there's nobody else who has any kind of athletic apparel. And I feel like the market really shifted into where people actually wear uh, athletic apparel everywhere. Like you're always in athletic apparel. So that really, there, there is no limit there. We could definitely just continue like that continue expanding upon the ancillary type sales the extras that you have available um kind of like retail in terms of like nutrition do you guys offer like nutrition plans or anything like that or is it more so just like the healthy snacks that you have for your clients no we don't offer um health plans but we definitely have healthy snacks that you can't get anywhere else because we bring them from all of so there's things that you probably get anywhere nearby like I don't even know how far you would have to go to get them. And so that also has revenue. And there's no, you, there's stop there. You could definitely go above and beyond there. Yeah. I think like the biggest thing is like, if we have a gym, our members typically want to see results with us, right? And so the more resources that we can provide to them for them to be successful, the better. And so in my facility, I used to only offer group classes. That's all I had. But then I was like, okay, well, you know, our clients need more than that. You know, I, I'm always having people ask me, well, what do you eat after your workout? Or what should I eat before my workout? And so that's when I was like, oh, well, we should offer like um, nutrition uh, resources, whether that be we get a nutritionist that we work with or we one of us gets our nutrition certification and can give um, meal plans. And that was really helpful for our clients because that's just another resource that people want to know how to eat. Um, have you guys ever thought of adding on, you know, kind of like that nutrition piece other than, you know, the snacks that you have to offer? Carol? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always been one of the plans. Um, we just Ooh. haven't found the right person or, or like to go from there. It's, I mean, yeah, but that's one of our plans as well, as well okay. as, um, yeah. And like you said, we had clients that had never worked out before and they come try it out. They love it. And it becomes a lifestyle. Like, it's just not a, like, it's just not a gym. It's like, it becomes a lifetime to them. It's new for them because it's people that, I mean, some clients had worked out before, but some are totally new to this. So they want to continue to, like you said, um, have like the full like what do you eat? Um, like the full thing, and it's amazing how we've seen clients like really transform into a lifestyle more than just like a workout. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. the more that we can do to kind of teach people this healthy, sustainable lifestyle, the better. The longer they're going to stick around. There are so many in this industry. There's so many um, like fads out there. Like people fall into the the trick, the 75 day hard or whatever it is, and they go hard for 75 days and then they don't stick with it because that's not sustainable. So the more that we can do as business owners in the fitness space to show people how to be healthy and sustain and sustainable, the the better uh, for them and the better for the business. I always like to ask a question here, and I think it's just as valuable for us to talk about the stuff that has worked well that we've done, but also, you know, the things that have been challenging. And so for you ladies in your business, what would you consider to be your biggest business related challenge? And what have you guys actively done to kind of work on overcoming that? 
Um, I guess our biggest challenge here where we live is people understanding what it is exactly that we do. So I'll have a lot of coming, like, for example, from a CrossFit class. And they come in and they think that it's a stretch class and then they get like a super hard work and they're like, oh my God, I thought I was going to have stretch. And I'm like, no, like it's as effective as anything else you'll do. So since we live in such a small town, Pilates isn't even, people don't even know what Pilates is. We just have like big chain places like a gold or like, but there really isn't any studio kind of the education of people with nutrition, like you said, with uh, how the workout works, like all that kind of stuff. I feel that that's where we live. And then um, also with the pricing, because I mean, it's like, it's yeah. like we were saying, I mean, there's such a big shame places that, I mean, uh, it's a low cost to get there. So we came in, it's a small boutique, it's semi-private, and we were charging maybe more, way more than like, Um, they were so it was like but why like why is this price I mean why is it so I mean like Sylvia said it's changing that mindset of like it's worth it and it's it's like a full thing um, that was hard for us at first I think yeah I think that it, it definitely is um, it's hard to kind of find your place when you are one of these more niche studio style fitness things like people don't know what we are and, and even it, when you aren't as niche like for for me my struggle is people already have this idea in their head of crossfit um they've maybe seen it on tv and they don't know that like hey you know we're definitely not that competitive crossfit that you've seen on tv like we have grandpas working out in our classes it's different here but again it's that like that idea um in people's head and for you guys it's that people really don't even know what it is um and so just kind of getting in front of your community what have you done to kind of combat that like have you guys had done any sort of events advertising kind of things like that to get into the community so social media like played a very big role um and also having like uh other businesses Community, having people come and try it like some very big business here like their owner come and try it and just kind of slowly educating whether it be social media word of mouth um events we've done i mean we've tried everything i feel people right now kind of are starting to understand but i mean we're barely like getting there yeah yeah definitely sure. referral has been our biggest key to all this um, um yeah it's one of the biggest Yeah. And so, I mean, you, it kind of sounded like to me earlier in this conversation that like you're in a position now where it's like, you're happy with, with where you're at. You don't really need any more members like 75 or wherever you're at is good. Um, so you mentioned off air here that it's a goal for you guys to have a second location, to have another one yeah. of these. Where yeah, are you I mean, looking to, to do that? Is it kind of in the same market further away? Kind of what does that look like for you? So I would say, I mean, two goals that we have right now is one, I mean, we've had a good retention, even though um, COVID came in, but it's still, we, we, were talking, we were talking last week, that's like three-year mark. We want to keep that retention going. So we want to continue to like build, start to build like more experiences, more like events to get like our members challenges and events like that to get them, uh, keep them with us. Um, and then the second goal for us is to open that second location. We're thinking about in Texas, but still at 
where we live, uh, maybe some miles away. Sylvia, you can. Yeah, so we want to keep it in the south of Texas. There really is nothing similar to what we do um, for a good five hours away. Um, so I feel maybe a little bit more, a little miles away, yes. But I mean, we could also do Mexico. We're right in Mexico. I mean, there's nothing anywhere near us from here to the closest would be Austin. And in Mexico, there's nothing. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of opportunity there to be able to kind of grow this, this thing. And if you guys did have the opportunity to move into, you know, another space, would you operate, would it be the same kind of model or would there be any differences there? I think the only difference I would like to uh, have is uh, having two spaces, but I mean, it would be the same exact workout, but that way I could have more people with keeping it small the classes run at the same time. Um, I think that would be the only difference. Um, the only difference I would have um, in the model, but yeah, I would keep it the same. Everything runs really smoothly um, as we have it and very effective. Um, that's the main thing that people from um, everywhere, they're like, oh my God, my friend, who knows who I saw her and she like, wow, like I want that here. So when we get that from other places that I want that here, you start thinking, well, yeah, there's nothing like that. We should definitely consider taking it. Through. Yeah. Yeah. So hypothetically, like if the perfect location popped up today, would it make sense for you guys to, to make that leap and have a second location right now? Or are there things that you have to kind of figure out within the business before making that leap? No, we're ready. So whenever we have more than anything, the right person, because me and God are both moms. So mainly that's what what we have yet to have, the right person to have another location because we cannot be there 24-7. We're both moms. So that's the key that is person. Yeah. So this third person, would you bring them on as a third partner or like just somebody to manage the facility? It could be either or. Like if they're willing to put in um, some kind of uh, – money into it of course it could be like a French model. I mean there's a lot of different things we just need the right person for it someone who has knowledge who has who wants to do it who likes exercise who, who vibes with us you know we want to have the same kind of chemistry the same kind of um actions, all of that so that's the only thing that we're waiting for because like I said me and Caro both are moms like we're really stuck here like we can't fully commit to something that's far away yeah, and we want someone to also, like, Sylvia and I, we love it. I mean, we could be there all day. We love working. We really clicked as partners. Um, it's So we want someone to be as, I mean, into it as well. Yeah, yeah of course. You have to find somebody who kind of lives, sleeps, and breathes it, um, as you guys do. Um, and I... I like to kind of end things on a note where I want you guys to share a word of advice that you would have for somebody who was maybe just in the you know, process of opening up their own space and becoming a fitness business owner. You know, what would you ladies have to share um, with that individual? I think one of the things is not to be scared to like charge the correct what your valuable like your value I think for us that was like we were super scared to make that change we thought people were not gonna pay what we were worth 
and it really like it was a thing and after we did it it really became a thing where we were profitable it worked and people were like we were really scared about it and i think people shouldn't be scared to be charging the correct amount to be profitable yeah i agree i'm scared to charge what worth so whatever you whatever it takes for you to be profitable you should definitely be charging um and if you truly believe in what it is that you're doing i mean just go for it just do it i mean yeah. that's do it just go for it absolutely i think like we should never devalue our service just because we're afraid that somebody might not want to pay for it like if they don't want to pay for it it's fine because there is a population of people out there who will believe in the product just as much as you do and they'll definitely pay for it um you know I kind of had a unique situation where I already had a gym that existed before I came on board and the prices were really low and I had to like make the decision to increase the prices to make the business more profitable and yeah it's a tricky conversation to have with people yeah. but at the end of the day like I think our members would want the business to stay open um so we should never do that ourselves um so I appreciate you ladies sharing that what is the website or the social media where can our listeners go to find out more about what you have to offer at your facility? Carol? Ah, so our website is uh, meltx.com and our Instagram is melt.tx. Um, and I think most of our information is in Instagram. That's where we really put our social media to it. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, it's been great having the both of you here today and hearing your story. I really, um, I really enjoyed it. Listeners, we thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you were able to pull something away from this conversation with Sylvia and Carolina. Um, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only KJ with CrossFit 859 out of Kentucky. KJ, what is going on today, man? How you doing, brother? Happy Wednesday. I am doing great, man. Good to be on here and good to meet you guys and be a part of this. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. And uh, we're excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, obviously, we want to dive right into what you have going on here with CrossFit 859. But first, let's take a step back and let's give the viewers some perspective, right? So if you can, KJ, in your own words, how would you describe CrossFit 859 and what you guys do? Yeah, so CrossFit, um, you know, has been a buzzword over the last probably 10, 15 years and really come onto the scene, you know, went from a ground roots movement to now there's you know, 15,000 CrossFit gyms around the world and, you know, the CrossFit games on ESPN. And it's just really blown up a lot, but, you know, a lot of people only know CrossFit from what they see on TV or what they see on, 
YouTube videos or Instagram videos. And so there's just a lot more to it. Um, you know, we do a little bit of everything. We do a lot of barbell work, you know, traditional lifts as far as squats and presses and deadlifts and all that. We also get a lot into the Olympic weightlifting movements. So the clean and jerk and the snatch, you know, we move dumbbells, kettlebells, medicine balls, sandbags, anything we can do, do a ton of body weight stuff as well. Um, play around with gymnastics a little bit, not like actually Olympics gymnastics, but just the stuff yeah, yeah. that normal people can do, uh, you know, and then endurance movements as far as running, rowing, biking, jump rope, all that stuff. You know, one of the cool things with CrossFit, I think that makes it work is it's completely different every single day. So, you know, what we're doing today is different than what we did yesterday, different than what we're going to do tomorrow. And yeah. it keeps you number one from getting bored. Uh, but it also helps you kind of feel like you're not plateauing. You know, a lot of people, who start going to the gym, they walk in, number one, they don't know what to do. They just kind of walk in and they say, I guess I'm going to get on the treadmill for a couple of minutes. And then they may go do a couple of curls and they really don't have a plan. And so, you know, they, they get bored and they plateau really quick and end up quitting after, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. And so, um, you know, for me, I've been doing this over 10 years and it's still new and challenging and exciting every single day. And, keep feeling like I'm getting better and it keeps my interest, which is huge, I think for normal people, you know? And so that's who we want to attract as normal people. So it's not the people you see on TV. Uh, it's not the people on your Instagram videos. It's just, you know, average working Joes and soccer moms and people that want to just come in and work out and have a good time doing it. So that's kind yeah. of what we do. Totally. I love that. Great explanation there. And so, you know, start with the bare bones basics here, KJ. I mean, how many members are you serving currently? Um, we're probably somewhere between like 225 and 250 members at our CrossFit gym. Um, I think that's probably a, a large CrossFit gym. I've, I've been to a bunch, um, you know, met with a lot of other CrossFit affiliate owners. And, you know, most people are probably hovering around that 100 number. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it comes with benefits, but also comes with extra challenges as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that being said, I mean, I think it's kind of a good perspective here too, right. To, to get to that mark. I mean, what's been the best method of, of getting new people through the door? Yeah. You know, honestly, word of mouth is huge. Um, especially at the beginning, you know, we, we opened up and you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, we, we, we started off actually with eight partners. So there were eight of us that opened this gym wow. together. Uh, there's three of us now, which is a lot more streamlined, but um, with eight people, you know, it was basically everybody was in charge of finding 10 people and get them to come to the gym, you know, and so we we launched, our goal was originally, you know, let's get 50 people in the door opening day, you know, and we blew up that first year, uh, you know, and got to like 100, 150, um, and then it, you know, over the course, of, you know, we've been open for 10 years almost now, so um, over the course of those 10 years, there's been ebbs and flows and times where we dropped down to, you know, 150, got up to 275, you know, so we've been all over the place. But, you know, as far as keeping people around and getting people in the door, you know, it's really going to come down to your community and the people that go to your gym faithfully every single day. And are they telling their friends about it? Are they telling their family members about it? Are they posting on social media, you know, and kind of creating that own buzz. So that's been the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah, completely. And so 
Now, let's say this. I mean, in that 200, 250 mark here where you guys are at, I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course. I mean, how much higher could you go? Are you guys at capacity or could you guys go any higher? No, we've actually got a really big space. We're, we're blessed with in that area. Um, we're in a 10,000 square foot facility um, and we built this four years ago. So one of my partners actually owns the building. And so we kind of built it out to what we wanted. So we've got a lot of area, um, you know, and CrossFit basically is a big open floor space. So, you know, we're not necessarily limited by how many machines we can get in the room. Now we do have, you know, rowers and bikes and all that stuff. But other than that, it's just open floor space. So, you know, I've had upwards of 40 people in a class at one time, um, you know, and there's an equipment issue at some point with that, but we could, we can keep going. We've got nine classes that we offer during the day, uh, ranging anywhere from five 30 in the morning up through our last class at 7 PM at night. And so with those nine classes, we could, we could easily get a lot more people in the door. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it is like you talked about generating those leads and get people in and locking them down and, and then keeping them is the biggest thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it is very true. And I, I appreciate the transparency there. And, um, you know, I think this is always a great perspective to, uh, perspective here at TKJ. I think it's, you know, when you get to a mark like that, anything over 100, I, I always know it, it's hard to manage, okay? And and obviously, it's a team of three of you guys, but how do you guys track and manage lifetime value, churn rate, how long someone's been with you? How do you manage those metrics? Yeah, that's um, that's honestly the the toughest challenge for us, you know, because um, I do this full time, but my partners don't. They have their own businesses and lives outside of this. Um, you know, one of them is very, very silent. I rarely see him, um, you know, and he's a minimal partner. And then the other one, the guy that, you know, actually owns the building, he's in and out here and there, but he doesn't do any of the actual running the business side of that. So that's 100% on me. Um, you know, and, you know, to be fully transparent, I'm not a great businessman. I didn't get into this for the business side of stuff, you know, and that's, I think what you'll run into with a lot of gym owners, especially, you know, specifically CrossFit gyms, it's guys that love to train and wanted to help people and they open the gym and they're great with the fitness side of stuff, but have no idea what to do as far as the business side. Um, you know, early on, some of my partners were very business minded. And so that kind of helped us get the ball rolling and, get some good foundation started, but, you know, as far as tracking lifetime value and, you know, length of commitment and all that stuff, um, that's kind of on me along with everything else in the gym from managing equipment to, um, you know, leading my employees to making sure the building is clean, you know? So yeah, that, that's, that's the tough part with kind of being the guy that does everything is, you know, you, the ball's going to drop at least one place, if not a couple places. So it's yeah. just juggle all that and manage it all at the same time. Yeah. I appreciate the transparency. I, again, I, I appreciate that KJ. Cause I think a lot of people stray away from the, from talking about the, the negative things sometimes, but it, it's the truth. And I think you, obviously you're a fitness professional, not a business professional. That's not why you started this business. Right. And that's okay. But it doesn't mean you can't learn those things or can't figure out how to make it easier for yourself or same thing for the viewers. So Thank you for that, KJ. But I'm going to ask a little bit of a longer question here. A good question in itself, a kind of correlating with improvement here as well. So, you know, it, it, what we've been discussing this entire podcast have been the three pillars of business, okay? And that's going to be number one, your lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door. 
Then you have your acquisition, which is your sales, right? So getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then we have our retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So KJ, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Yeah, I would say um, most likely it's the it's the third pillar there. So it's, it's the retention and ascension. So, um, you know, we have a decent amount of, leads that come in, whether that's, you know, they're just browsing on the internet and they click on our website and sign up for a consultation or, you know, they're hearing from a friend. So we have a, a decent amount of people coming in uh, through that route. And then I feel pretty confident if I can get them in the door to actually meet with me, I can, I can sell them and I can um, give them the pitch, give them the spiel, show them that it works and get them to sign up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's at that point that uh, that I probably need the most guidance, you know, business wise is is retention and, you know, selling them on more, you know, and getting that average value per client higher. And, you know, we do a little bit of that here and there, but not not a ton. And it's not honestly, it's not super intentional as far as building that up. Yeah. And again, I, I want to say I appreciate the honesty and transparency again, KJ. I think this is really what we do this for. And it's, it's to give that viewers the honest perspective. I'm sorry, because a lot of them are going through the same exact thing, right? And that they understand how they can do that. And I think they, oh, and they can also hear somebody else, you know, wants to improve that as well. I think it's normal, right? And I think it's like, okay, like, well, more or less, how can we do that? And it's obviously, there's so many things we can say on that, but I'll continue here. And I have two more questions here, my two favorite questions of the day. Um, you know, what's the bigger picture for you here, KJ? I mean, let's say like five, 10 years down the road, what are you trying to accomplish long-term? Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I got into this because, um, you know, I, I like helping people. I have a natural inclination towards teaching um, and, you know, being in front of a group is, is natural for me and kind of leading people through that stuff. And so um, that's, why I got into it. That's what I love the most about it. Uh, if I could make a living doing it, great. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the, old, the early motivation. And so, you know, at this point, five, 10 years down the road, you know, I'd like to see our gym, you know, become self-sustainable to where I can start backing out of some of those processes. Um, and, you know, and honestly, that's the key word is processes. You know, I've got to get more of those in place, you know, and start having more people able to do those things so that that can come off of my to-do list. Um, you know, and so it would be good in five years to where I'm not doing most of the things that I'm doing now to work myself out of a job is really what, what I want to do. Um, you know, and I'm, uh, not as young as I used to be. And so I'm, I'm thinking long-term as far as retirement and what happens when, I'm no longer doing this or I'm no longer training. I'm no longer in front of people. You know, is this a business that can sustain me past when I'm actually up front? And um, if I want to sell at some point and go live on the beach somewhere, is this the thing that can allow me to do that? So that's, that's ultimately the goal, I would say. I love that. I love that mic drop of an answer there, KJ, but we got one more for you. So I'm curious to see your answer on this one. Uh, you know, KJ, if you can go back in time here to when you first started your gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Oh man. Um, 
Yeah. So when I first started this, it was a side deal and honestly more of a hobby than anything. And I probably would have said, go ahead and take the risk and just dive all in now, just do it and do it to the best of your ability. Um, I'm a big believer in doing everything with excellence and the more time that I have to commit to something, the more excellent that I feel like I can make it. Um, and I think, you know, for the first, I've only been full-time doing this for the last three years. This was, this was a part-time thing on the side in addition to my full-time job for the first seven years we were open. And so wow. it's really just been the last couple of years that I've been full-time and able to really commit myself to this fully. And, um, you know, I would, I would tell my younger self, just, just do it now, you know, just go straight in, make it happen and uh, give it really everything you got up front. And I think we'd be in a different place now if I'd have done that. So I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, I know. No, that was, I was going to tell you, that's, that's a heck of an answer there. A mic drop of an answer again, KJ, way to close it out there. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, please, if you have any social media, Facebook website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and the facility? Yeah, our website is uh, CrossFit859.com. Nice and simple there. And then our Instagram is CrossFit.859. Uh, so you can find stuff there. I'm actually just really starting to dive into social media a little bit better and take care of that. Um, my personal Instagram is KJ and the twins, all spelled out. So love to have you jump on and follow and I'll follow back and glean some information from anybody that does that as well. So there we go. KJ, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the episode today. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, just so I can let you know how you can get the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Aiden from Push Box CrossFit out in Seattle, Washington. Welcome, Aiden. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have you here to really learn more about what you have going on 
at your CrossFit box, which is my favorite type of gym to talk about. Um, but before we really dive into the business side too deep here, give me a brief background. What was it that led to you kind of opening up this business? Yeah, so I've been in the industry, meaning personal training, coaching, all that for about 14-ish years, uh, if I do my math right. Um, my kind of story, I would say for that tenure starts like a lot of other people. You kind of start at a Globo gym or your local version of a Globo gym and you kind of find CrossFit and you fall in love with it um, through these crazy workouts and amazing community. Um, I working at those kind of this, this more Seattle uh, Northwest, uh, chain of gyms. Um, I ended up taking over multiple boot camps for people who are sick or, or not showing up that day. And, and I have no issue being around people and I love, uh, helping people and I'm controlling a, a group of 50, even though it's kind of like herding cats sometimes. And then it just kind of a snowball effect. Uh, there was someone within that, uh, facility that also had an affiliate, one of the, uh, mm -hmm. earlier ones in Seattle. Uh, we befriended each other. Um, he vacated. There's a space now upstairs that had uh, all the, you know, the stall mats and everything. I moved to kind of my boot camp up there. It evolved into pretty much CrossFit style training, even though it was an affiliate. Um, and then from there, uh, I just kept moving this program from gym to gym, but operating out of that gym, but not as an affiliate. I've always wanted to own. I think like most gym owners, you're kind of scared to make that plunge. Um, right. And then met my wife. Uh, things became easier and you felt more, you know, comfortable in, in, in your skills. Then you also realized that there's a lot more than just being a coach to run a business. Um, so all the kind of stars aligned at the time that it did. And then we opened a gym brick and mortar. We also chose to do it kind of during COVID. So that has probably <laughs> some questions behind that as well, but, um, yeah, we've been doing that brick and mortar for next Tuesday. It'll be one year. Well, congrats on one year of being in business with your brick and mortar. That's a pretty big milestone, especially in this industry. Like yeah. it is a hard industry to kind of get things kicking. So one year, um, you should feel really good about that. Um, still here, still here. Give us kind of your elevator pitch of Pushbox CrossFit. Tell us who you are, what services you provide, kind of paint that picture for our listener. Yes. Yeah, so we are now an affiliate. Um, Pushbox CrossFit. Push is actually an acronym for pick up something heavy. Um, and when you go to our schedule, we have all the classes are CrossFit. We provide open gym. We do also do personal training, which I think is actually very vital from a business side of success. And we can kind of loop back to that if you'd like to. Um, and then we do things based on individual needs. Um, myself and a couple of coaches are nutrition certified. So we go over nutrition as well. So I have more of a one-on-one -on -one meeting and consult for that um, based on personal goals and needs. Um, other things we offer is more in, in the background of things. We also put this on our site, but we have um, setups through uh, Thorn supplements, uh, CBDMD. And so we try to give our members discounts to that when they kind of go through us. Uh, just, you know, just because it's, it's, the one hour in the gym is the fun part for sure, but right. it's the other 23 hours that can definitely help speed up or slow down your, your progress and how you feel. And so we're trying to holistically uh, provide as much information or, or offerings that we can to have you guys feel like this is actually going somewhere. 
Absolutely. The more value that we can provide to our members, the better success that they're going to see, the longer they're going to stay with us. Like it's a full circle thing and it feels pretty nice. Um, I love the holistic approach. So, you know, the bread and butter services that you're offering sounds like it's the group CrossFit and the uh, personal training. Does that sound about right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we try to keep it simple. We kind of have a less is more approach. Um, it's just really showing up and doing it. Yep. You know, Um, there's, there's no trick. And I think that it's important to like be good at the things that you're good at. And those are the areas that you're good. Right. Um, so, you know, and you mentioned their personal training is good for the business. And I would agree because with personal training, we can give our clients a, like a more direct approach to help them reach their results. So it's good for them. They're feeling good. And then for business wise, I mean, like we're going to bring in more revenue from personal training. Um, and typically it does help with retention if somebody gets started in personal training. Um, so it's kind of good, multiple reasons there. How many, like, what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things? Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would say now compared to when we first started. Um, and part of that is by my personal, as in like Aiden, the trainer uh, design is I am getting my hands more on different parts and elements of the business. So I need to manage my bandwidth about being on the floor. It is, it is less in, you know, from a percentage standpoint, it is less than what the membership is, is clearly bringing in. But as you mentioned earlier, I think, and if we kind of pull the curtain back and just have an honest conversation, and I think a lot of gym owners have a hard time doing this, especially when their members are listening is yeah, we need to be open to provide these services for our members in the community. And so there is going to have to be certain conversations about like, are, is our income actually enough to keep this thing going? And so some of these decisions that are being made through the perspective of we need to make sure there, there's money coming into the gym to then keep buying things for, you know, rower, new rowers or fixing this or, or adding another rig over here or more apparel, whatever that may be. Um, and also for the coach, I think a lot of the times people only see things as the owner happy and are the members happy, but it's, there's kind of like this tripod effect is are your coaches happy. And so it's very hard to make a full-time living as a, a coach um, from just the sheer money per hour on the floor, right? Like right. I'm sure it changes uh, around the, not just the States, but everywhere, but how much you pay your coach per hour. But once you're a personal trainer, that per hour dollar goes up for you. And so it, it, it obviously allows you to get that client one-on-one attention. Maybe they don't like being in a group setting. They, they just get uncomfortable around people. They have something very specific. They have an injury to work through. They have a different goal. Um, but it also allows your, your coach or trainer to also build kind of their own brand as, as a person and as a coach, um, but also hopefully supports them in their lifestyle and livelihood. Um, so I think it's important to offer it. Um, we're actually just about to run just kind of another... Uh, I guess you can say like just promotion and just kind of awareness yep. of personal training um, more for the, for the betterment of, of current members, ones that may be looking at our, our site and not quite sure how to start that conversation. Um, yep. And also for our, our coaches who want to just keep yep. you know, doing more. The, more, <laughs> the more, the more opportunity we can provide for our coaches, the better that churn is like in this industry. I feel like with trainers, there's a lot of churn, like we're losing them here. We're losing them there. It's just because they can't like make a living off of 
you know, what they're doing. So if we can present them more opportunities to like make more money and grow in their career, they're going to stick with us longer. Um, and so I really like the approach of, you know, letting, you know, making personal training a part of this business and not all CrossFit gyms are doing that. Um, and so it's good that oh. you guys are. Um, okay. So kind of to get things back on topic here, how many members do you guys have in the facility right now? So we are pretty much at uh, 150. 150. Okay. And what's the square footage of the space? About 24, 2,500 square feet. It's pretty good. So, you know, the fact that you're sitting at 150 members, I always like to ask, is that a place where, you know, you're looking to kind of step on the brakes a little bit, or are you guys looking to hit the gas, welcome new members into the facility? No, I don't, I don't really ever want to hit the brakes, so to speak. Um, I, I think you, I guess you'd only do that if you're really feeling like, the wheels are about to fall off, but then I would probably pitch the question of, of why is that happening and fix that because right. our whole kind of mission within the fitness and health industry, across if it's CrossFit or something else, is to try to get people moving or stronger right. or healthier or just self-aware. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the stats are pretty alarming. I'm a big kind of data nerd, but I mean, uh, that people in general, especially in like the US are not crushing the health and wellness metrics. And so we're trying to always uh, increase. We've been very grateful for our, our growth rate. I think, again, considering that we pretty much started somewhere towards the, the back, you know, half or three quarter of COVID um, to kind of navigate through that. Um, and so, yeah, we, we would love more, uh, not for the sake of we want more money or, or that why, that's why, but I mean, um, I just like engaging with new people. I like meeting new people. I, I like, you know, like relationships are a very vital thing. Yeah. I mean, there's usually two types of gym owners, one that wants to make money and one that wants to, you know, change lives, change as many lives and impact as many people as they possibly can. So I would definitely say you're more of that second avatar there. Um, so, you know, since you are the type of person who has that growth mindset, constantly wants more for yourself and for your business, um, you know, what, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process and kind of, you know, get out there in your community and, and grow? Yeah. So, uh, when it comes to the community and we're not just talking when I say that word about, uh, push box community. Um, but again, you mentioned we're in Seattle, uh, more specifically on Queen Anne Hill. Um, we have done, we, we actually were in the Queen Anne farmer's market. We had a booth set up for just kind of exposure, which was kind of uh, a very fun and unique experience just because uh, they were saying they've never seen a gym of any sort be a presence at a farmer's market of all places, you know, like we don't have like bushels of berries to sell. And so it's more just kind of like brand exposure there, make a conversation in the community. Uh, we sponsored uh, Queen Anne Little League, like baseball. Um, actually coming up in October, we're also uh, sponsors of the American Cancer Society. So I'm actually gonna run a warm up before the actual walk begins that's another thing that uh we feel kind of that's important to kind of get out there beyond just the the four walls of your gym um as you met as i you know mentioned before the years coming out we had a team meeting that kind of said oh my gosh we made it congratulations this is awesome thank you guys and then you know silence now what you know like i think you need to always appreciate the the, the presence of, of what what you're in but then you also need to kind of keep your eye on moving forward mm -hmm. so 
we have a little more projects with, again, part of that is the little things like redoing the, the website, making it more clear, a uh, little more promotional things. We actually kind of want to start a, a dialogue within the gym, even if that's starting to kind of like a small podcast or a YouTube channel ourselves, because I think we get constant questions, you know, from a member as they're about to leave, by the way, should I be doing this? And then like, you know, the next class is going to start. And so I think it'd be easier to take all these questions um, and create a, a conversation and dialogue and just like broadcast it, you know, cast that web broader and, and faster and bigger, because I think a lot of people probably have questions and they don't know how to ask it or too scared to. And I think it'd be also fun from a creativity standpoint, to be honest, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time. So we're looking at constant projects within the gym and outside in the community. We always do monthly things everywhere from like raffles to just keep people engaged. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of like community engagement type stuff. And with that, like that um, produces word of mouth. And in this industry, obviously that's like one of our favorite forms of advertising and marketing because it's for free. We all love free, but like when it comes to kind of predicting that it becomes a little bit difficult because it can be a slow trickle and it's not controllable. Like we could go to an event and spend 10 hours at the event and it not produce any clients. And then it's good because we're at least we're getting out in the com community and building that awareness, but it's not always super fruitful. Um, have you guys utilized social media at all for your growth? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, so for context, my wife has zero social media, right? Uh, to me, I guess it could have been a red flag that she's like a spy, but she just <laughs> never got into it. <laughs> um, if it wasn't for the business, like I have a personal one and every once in a while, you know, you're at a competition and there's like the right lighting as you do something. You're like, yeah, I'm definitely going to post that. <laughs> um, but we're definitely a lot more active because we have this because regardless of your personal beliefs on social media, as, as I also, you know, we have a 13 year old daughter, so <laughs> we have our own opinion on social media is it's just, it's what people use, right? Like people want to see pictures more than read things. They want to watch things more than see pictures. And so we have only from an advertising standpoint, used a Facebook ad like once in the beginning months. Um, we, we have a, a coach that is really good and passionate about that kind of, not like social media, but you know, getting photography and creating the reels. And I will definitely say we have increasingly heard more like recognition of like, oh my God, I, I saw your reel and whatever these algorithms are, you know, it's, it's getting to yeah. people uh, <laughs> and, that, and that seems to be working. I know each Facebook, Google, Yelp, right. and they all have their kind of different, uh, again, to use the word again, algorithms to kind of how they pitch to you or how, mm -hmm. how they, you know, get out to people. Um, and, but again, we, we've only used that Facebook ad like once and I was like a couple yeah. hundred dollar investment. Yeah. When you did the Facebook ad, were you running an ad campaign or were you, were you like boosting a post? It was an ad campaign. It wasn't like one post. Um, and so I think, again, this is where this, the, the expertise of, of more like my, my wife running the, the back end stuff there. Um, you can run it for like, you know, a, a handful of, of time. Um, right. kind of, like, disappears in the ether back there um and we didn't quite know how long to run it for or yeah. you know like, how aggressive do we just like throw it in your face as <laughs> i mean how many times have you debated like should i buy a pair of nobles or nikes and all of a sudden your instagram pops up and it's like nobles now <laughs> I mean, they never are but like you know like the yeah, app, yeah. Uh, like oh 
it's it's yeah. all the it's all the tech. Um, so, no. So when you guys did that, was it something that you think you got a payoff from, or was it not really like you didn't really know if it was beneficial or not? Full transparency. I didn't know what the expectation was to have, but I think a lot of those ones probably aren't worth the payoff. But again, I think you need to have a clear expectation and definition of that expectation going into it. Like if I invest $300 for a one month ad that runs twice you know, a day, what am I expecting to get in return? Right? Because in theory, if you pay a, hypothetically a $300 ad and then you get two members from it, you know, at a $200 a month membership right there, you're already kind of in the net for a hundred. And then in theory, if you're doing your job, right, you're retaining these memberships. And so, yeah, then it completely worked out in that sense. You know, I think we all want like the instant return. And so when you post an ad up, you want all of a sudden it's like these metrics to say 4,000 people have viewed this in 19 minutes. And all of a sudden your website's being flooded with stuff. But, um, I really like to loop back to what you said. I really think it is about, um, the, the, the referral and the word of mouth and the experience of the current members, uh, even if it's the drop-ins. And then I think that kind of trickles out even faster. I'm not saying don't advertise at all, but I think you need to be very clear about where you're doing it. What are you saying? Just like, Hey, we exist. Or are you running like a special for personal training or yeah. discounted membership? I think you need to be very clear and articulated in what you're kind of trying to get people to see. And then make sure once they see it and they want to hit that click, there's a clear navigation because I think people get very distracted or get frustrated if, it, if it's not clear, doesn't run well. And then they just kind of disappear. Yeah. I mean, I will say like my word of mouth at my facility is great. We have awesome word of mouth. Our members, they talk, they bring in their friends. Like we go to events, we go to all the competitions, like everybody knows who we are, but I supplement that with ads because I want to constantly have new leads coming in that are people who might not know that we exist or people who might be interested in personal training, but not in CrossFit. So we constantly have stuff going on Facebook for the people in the community. And I target specific ages, like, you know, that middle-aged woman who probably never thought to Google CrossFit gym near me, but she's looking to lose a little bit of weight and has the money to spend on personal training or whatever it might be. So it is a beneficial thing, but like you said, you have to advertise the right thing. Like if we're spending money and we're just, you know, doing an ad with a picture of our gym, that's not going to be beneficial. Like people don't want that. That's not going to make them click on it. You know what I mean? No, for sure. And again, I think it's also based upon like, are you someone who's taking over uh, a gym that's already been in existence for eight years, but you're trying to rebrand it? Or did you even, are you now calling it something different? Are you realizing, man, I'm crushing it on the PT side, but like we have two people per class. We need to get the actual class membership. Yeah. So uh, it, I'm not like negative against it. And, but you'll kind of notice from at least our timeline, we ran the ad closer to starting because obviously you're trying to build up that recognition. We have just personally been very fortunate um, for a lot of what seems to be knock on wood, um, people just saying, hey, you should come to Pushbox. I, I tried it out. I had a great time. You should do it. You're right. Because, you know, it, there's a lot of affiliates now compared to back when CrossFit started. So you can oh, yeah. probably, based on especially in bigger main cities, you know, throw a baseball and hit a CrossFit gym somewhere. And so 
if you are now the new thing, I mean, a lot, a lot of people like the, you know, the new shiny thing anyway, and you're doing a good job, both inside the gym and how you're running to outside the gym, you, you, something we were very unaware of were, were how many people are just kind of like having a fine time at another gym that were kind of already on the edge of wanting to leave or willing to leave. They just didn't know what, what to do or where to go. So yeah, we, we have a very kind of, um, nice balance of people who are kind of OG CrossFitters who are just kind of tired of the gym they were at for either very specific reasons or very just kind of like, you know, it's been 10 years. It's time to try something different to brand new people who are like, because in Queen Anne, even though it's kind of in the heart of Seattle, there's never been like a CrossFit gym really on it. So I think our location also is very nice. That's close enough to everything, but still kind of unique in its own thing that there's not one right next door to us as well that we're competing right. against. Uh, but also close enough to others that if they're not happy there, they can, they can try us out. So we have a lot of new people we have a lot of you know, experienced people. I think it helps that we also still do a lot of local competitions as kind yeah. of fun as that sounds. I feel like as CrossFit has evolved and grown, mm-hmm. there's like the crazy elites, you know, right. and I feel like we, you know, especially when you first kind of have someone Google CrossFit, you probably either get to declare to me or the CrossFit gym fail videos. And there's no way to have that conversation with someone to say, Hey, there, there's something between, right. It's not two ends of the spectrum. Um, and so we, we are just trying to make sure that we're able to communicate that and create a place that you can have both competitive and kind of new people begin, but feel individually pushed. Um, and I think that local competition actually seems to kind of for a certain group of people be kind of cool because we still kind of hold that value to, you need to push yourself to get stronger. You need to lift weights to get faster. You need to sometimes not lift weights and do cardio. You know, I think there was for a while, this reaction of CrossFit gyms to almost try to change the the methodology and the brand and do more like boot campy or hit classes and get away from that. So I think we're kind of, we happen to fall right between enough advertising, enough Instagram reels, but enough of local exposure and competitions to also still do community things. We're not just doing one thing only that seems to be working or not working. Yep. Um, And that's so, it's so important, like not to just do that one thing. And there's so many businesses, just like not even in this industry, but just in general, there's so many businesses that are so that only advertise in just one way. But the more, you know, the more that we can have our feet in different waters, the more beneficial it is for our business and the more we're going to be able to grow. So kind of next question that I like to ask here is, because I think it serves as a good talking point for the people listening to the show is, what would you consider Aiden to be your biggest business related bottleneck that you're facing? Um, And, you know, if you don't clear this out of the way within a timely manner, it might hold you guys back down the road from, getting to wherever it is that you want to go yeah that's a good question um i'm, I'm trying to honestly think of that and, and answer it for the the benefit of both hearing myself say it out loud and anyone else kind of listening um we again knock on wood have fortunately not run into these huge issues either financially or um you know, we, that I'm aware of, we've not had any this huge complaints from members about, you know, problems X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of started, and this is my mentality, I think more long-term than short-term is I would, we were, we wanted to start a, a gym that kind of probably 
appear to have less class offerings and all these things and then grow as the members grew. I think sometimes people can buy all the fancy stuff, offer nine classes a day, but only have like 20 members. And then now they're, they're paying out in the back end of the coaches to coach those. And they're wondering why they're financially kind of struggling here. I would say relative to our square feet, to be honest, I mean, I don't need an excuse to look for a bigger place. <laughs> you know, like I have all these crazy ideas in my head. Um, a bottleneck for us personally right now could simply be with some of the ideas that our team has, the things we want to continue to offer. If it's like more expanded open gym time, if it's kind of uh, a better active recovery room area, because we uh, we offer uh, Normatech. We have a couple of those systems there that people can kind of just lounge in. We will eventually, from a members per class usage, run into, I think, a space issue. Yeah more than anything else, you know, um, and I don't want that to dilute the quality or the experience of the member who's paying, you know, top dollar to come in to have a great one hour of their day. I don't want them to feel like they're walking over someone or if someone can't make a class and want to utilize one of our other offerings that they, they, they can't do it. You know, like, Oh crap, I, I missed that one, that one hour of the open gym and, and great. Now I'm, I can't make fitness at all today, you know? Um, so I'd probably like a little more space to continue to offer different services to members outside of just that, the actual class itself. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, more, 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 more space, more options. Like again, that more value that we're producing to our client, the more value that we're producing, the happier that they are. So for you guys, like what has to happen for that bottleneck to kind of be eliminated from the business? Um, well, it's either a couple of things. It depends upon your lease. Let's say you have like a three-year lease or like a 10-year lease. And you're, you're kind of in scenario A, you're just stuck in the space you're at. Then I think you need to get crafty with, do you offer more classes, right? So now you're kind of maybe going down in the, the members per class, but that could expose a certain amount of square footage on the side to now have this other side thing going on or do not feel like you're running into each other. Um, we're kind of fortunate enough to be in a building that uh, based on kind of what uh, the leases of other tenants can open up. And then we could potentially look at, you know, is that worth kind of knocking down some walls and expanding the space there? Um, Cause you can only, your square footage is what it is, right? You can't necessarily just make more right. square footage, uh, especially in Seattle where it's drizzly most of the time. We can't really run like an outside program, maybe down in like, you know, Miami or something like that. You always see right. Instagram reels on. Um, and it's kind of looking at different spaces there. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you can only do so much with, with the physical outlay of a place, you know? Um, right. Or you, you just really try to drive home or create new things on the back end uh, and promote it through either personal one-on-one -on -one offerings. Uh, maybe if it's, even if it's just one-on-one -on -one conversations, if people are just want to check in for like, Hey, I can't make dope in gym, but like, I'd love to talk to you about this for 15 minutes, you know, uh, yeah. open yourself up to that. I think members just want to feel like, Hey, especially if you're in a gym with hundred people, 200, 300, 400, you don't want to feel lost in there. Right. I think you yep. always need to make sure there's an open dialogue that can be had regardless of whatever issue you're having. Hey, why can't I get this muscle up? Oh, I'm seeing your hips aren't rising to the bar. Oh, okay. Why do I feel like I'm not recovering? Oh, well, you get two hours of sleep, you know, but I think if you just don't present these opportunities, then a lot of these things gets lost on people and they get frustrated and, you know, 
Then on top of that, then they feel squashed on because their square footage is small. And then they want to leave, you know, because there's all these frustrations going on you're unaware of. Some of the most successful CrossFit gyms that I've ever seen are small spaces. And like, it doesn't feel like you're butts in out of the seams when you go to them. Like it's still, you still have that great community, but they just like, they're thriving because of the service that they're providing. They're providing enough services for the people that they have where it's like, Hey, we don't, we don't, we would love to have an extra 2000 square feet, but we don't need it. Like we're okay. Um, you can grow a lot within, um, and not have to, not have to make that switch though. You know, we always all want it. Um, oh, and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and another question that I like to ask is, and this is probably going to be, you know, the last question on air is if you could, you know, have a magic wand, snap your fingers, boom, the business is going to rate where you want it to be. What would that picture look like for you? Oh, well, if I can just get there right now, like, yeah, yeah. Nothing's holding uh, you back. I would just say I, I have zero issue with how, with what we have, I'm very grateful and happy for what we have. And so I would just kind of be very selfish and say, you know, two, three, four X that, you know, I think within CrossFit, a big disconnect that's still going on is there's the brand of CrossFit. There's the methodology of CrossFit. There's the sport of CrossFit and there's the community. And I think we're, we're crushing the community part and we're crushing the, the methodology part, you know? Um, so I think as long as we can, not lose sight of that just to grow, you know, um, I'd be very happy with that. Again, I say a slightly larger space with some separate rooms to do some, some very fun, unique things, um, membership to continue to grow, not for the, you know, necessarily financial side. I mean, we're, we're doing good. Uh, my wife and I are fully doing this. As I mentioned, she worked at Zillow earlier. Now she's not. So the mere fact we can do this and still feed our child and do all that means we're, we're, I think we're doing okay on that, that definition of success. Um, I just want people to be, to be happy. I want to create a space that people feel that they can come here and have an off day and still be okay and safe and have a great day in PR and, and get high fived for that. You know, it's, it's very scary to put yourself on visual, uh, exposure to, you know, uh, if you can't do a kipping pull-up, you may feel embarrassed, but we don't want that to happen. It's just like, this is all what we call the forever plan. Like we're not just going to stop making fitness tomorrow, you know? Uh, and so just my magic wand is just a, a bigger, better version of what we're continuing to do. And I love the team that we have and, and I love our members and I just want that to keep growing and, and hopefully we never lose sight of that and, and disappoint them. Yeah, I love the growth mindset there. Like you're happy where you're at, but you always like have your mindset on like the well, why not more um, type of mindset. Um, why can't we help more people? Why can't we impact more lives? Um, and that's definitely going to carry you places down the road. Um, what is the Instagram page for Pushbox? Where can we find you online? So it's either Pushbox Fitness. You can also type in Pushbox CrossFit and it'll link all to the same one. Um, yeah, our website is, is pushboxfitness.com just because again, we, we do the personal training. We do some other things there, um, but it is, yeah, simply that. And, and mine is a Billy Goat Buff if you want to follow me individually. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, Aiden, it's been a lot of fun you know, hearing from you today and um, having you share your insight on the industry. There is a lot of value that we definitely brought to the audience through this conversation. Um, and for our listeners, we thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. 
As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.